Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. Today, I wanted to discuss the top 15 quarterbacks, my opinion only, top 15 quarterbacks of the 1970s. This is based partly on statistics and partly on my honest opinion, having seen all of them play. It's also based solely on play in the 1970s. So whatever they did during the 1960s or the 1980s doesn't count for this list. I have added uh, four honorable mentions to this. Before we get to the top 15, I could have added more, but I thought four was enough. And these are the four that stuck out in my mind the most as honorable mentions who did not make the top 15. One, we have Adam Pastorini, who played for the Houston Oilers from 1971 to 1979. He led his team to the AFC title game in 1978 and 1979. And the Oilers had not played a title game since 1967. He had a good year in 1975, gaining Pro Bowl honors and leading the Oilers to their first winning season since 1967. Pastorini did not have what you would call impressive uh, statistics in his career, but he was a tough competitor who often played hurt. Next, we have Ron Jaworski. Started his career in 1974 with the Los Angeles Rams and then was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Jaworski didn't get much playing time in his first three seasons with the Rams. And after struggling in his first season with the Eagles, he had good seasons in 1978 and 1979, leading his team to the postseason. Jaworski had his best years in the 1980s. Next, we have Craig Morton. Played for the Dallas Cowboys the New York Giants, and the Denver Broncos. 1970 was his first year. Morton had a good season in 1970, throwing 15 touchdowns and only 7 interceptions for an 89.8 passer rating. He led the Cowboys to the Super Bowl, but did not play well in the playoffs or the Super Bowl. But in fairness to Morton, he was playing with an injured shoulder, which greatly affected his passing. Morton also had a good season 
actually a great season in 1977, finishing with an 82.0 passer rating and leading the Broncos to their first Super Bowl appearance. Although he did not win the award, Morton received numerous votes for the NFL MVP that season. Next honorable mention, the last honorable mention we have here is Greg Landry, 1970 to 1979. And when I when I uh, say these years, I am don't forget I am not including anything from the 1960s or the 1980s. So they may have begun their career earlier than what I'm stating and finished it later than what I'm stating. But I'm only going through the years of the 1970s. So Landry played for the Detroit Lions and the Baltimore Colts. Although never an elite quarterback, Landry did have some solid seasons. In 1971, he made first-team All-Pro, and in 1976, he earned the Comeback Player of the Year award. Playing for the Colts in 1979, he passed for a career-best 2,932 yards and threw 15 touchdowns. That may not seem like a lot compared to today's quarterbacks, but you have to remember 1970s was the era of the running back. Most teams were running the ball much more than they were passing the ball. Landry was also a threat at at running, and he amassed 2,600 yards rushing in his career, along with 21 rushing touchdowns. In 1971 and 1972, he ran for over 500 yards. Now for the top 15. Number 15, Joe Namath. 1970-1977, played with the Jets, of course, and his final season was with the Rams. Namath's best years were from 1965 to 1969. Namath only played in nine of his team's 28 games in 1970 and 1971 due to serious injuries. But he made a remarkable comeback in 1972, leading the AFC in passing yardage and touchdown throws, earning him the Comeback Player of the Year award and Pro Bowl honors. Although Joe did not win the award, he received numerous votes for NFL MVP that season. After another injury plagued season in 1973, Namath returned to have a good season in 1974, playing in all 14 games and again winning Comeback Player of the Year. But the next three seasons were not good for Broadway Joe and he retired after the 1977 season. At number 14 we have Roman Gabriel. Played for the Rams and the Eagles. His final season was 1977. Like Namath, Gabriel's best years were in the mid to late 60s, winning NFL MVP in 1969. He had decent seasons in 1970 and 1971, but his Rams failed to reach the playoffs. The 1972 team had their worst season since 1965, and Gabriel, bothered by injuries throughout the season, did not have a good year. 
Before the start of the 1973 season, the Rams traded Gabriel to the Philadelphia Eagles, where he regained his confidence and form. Gabriel led the league in completions, yardage, and touchdowns, earning him Comeback Player of the Year and Pro Bowl honors. Age and injuries limited his playing time over the next four seasons, and he retired at the end of the 1977 season. At number 13, we have Len Dawson. Played with the Kansas City Chiefs, and his final season was 1975. Dawson is another quarterback whose best years were in the 1960s, but he started off the decade of the 1970s with a Super Bowl victory and a Super Bowl MVP. The 1970 season was disappointing for the defending NFL champion Chiefs and Dawson as they failed to reach the playoffs. But Dawson was back on track in 1971, leading his team to another postseason appearance and another Pro Bowl appearance for himself. Age and injuries took their toll on both Dawson and his teammates in 1972. But despite not reaching the playoffs, Dawson still had a pretty good season. Dawson saw limited playing time in his final three seasons, but he still had the highest completion percentage, 66.4%, in his final season. Dan Fouts, we have at number 12, started his career in 1973, played for the San Diego Chargers, but saw limited playing time in his first three seasons. When he did play, he showed great promise in some games while struggling in others. Injuries and a bad team were partly to blame. Fouts had a pretty good season in 1976, even though the Chargers had another losing season, their seventh in a row. Fouts missed most of the 1977 season because of a contract dispute playing only the last four games of the season. He had another pretty good season in 1978, and the team had its first winning season since 1969. Fouts had most of his best seasons in the 1980s. It wasn't until his seventh season in 1979 that he proved to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Fouts threw for over 4,000 yards in 1979, becoming only the second quarterback in NFL history to accomplish that, the other being Joe Namath. He placed second in the NFL MVP voting and played in his first Pro Bowl. At number 11, we have John Hadle, played for the San Diego Chargers, also for the Rams and the Green Bay Packers and the Houston Oilers. After some outstanding seasons in the AFL in the 1960s, Hadel had another solid season in 1970. The following year, he led the AFC in completions, yardage, and touchdowns. In 1972, he played in the Pro Bowl, and in 1973, playing for the Los Angeles Rams, he made first-team All-Pro and was second in the MVP votes with an 88.8 passer rating, the best of his entire career. Hadel continued playing for four more seasons, 
but his best years were behind him. Okay, thank you. That concludes our podcast for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, take care and God bless. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.